Hey everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We're going to get a corporate update uh, from Black Wolf Copper and Gold and CEO Mr. Rob Cloud. Black Wolf Copper and Gold trades on the TSX Venture with BWCG and on the OTC with BWCGF. Rob, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Hello, Trevor, and good morning to you. <laughs> good morning to you as well. Actually, it's not even morning my time. I think you're the last. You're still in Pacific time, actually. So uh, it's yeah, still we, we still are, and in in Alaska, it's even uh, an hour behind. That, yeah, there so. you go. Uh, we got we we needed to follow up here because the recent news out of the company was a updated mineral resource estimate for the Niblack property. Uh, you know, actually, you and I haven't talked about Niblack in a little bit. A lot of the, the uh, conversation has been focused on Cantu. But this was, uh, you know, positive news to see out of Niblack. Indicated mineral resource of 5.85 million tons, 0.94% copper, 1.83 grams per ton gold, 1.7% zinc, and 29 grams per ton silver. And then there was uh, inferred mineral resource of 0.21 million tons of 0.93% copper, 1.5 grams per ton gold, 1.38% zinc, and 18 grams per ton silver. Uh, Those are from the lookout and trio deposits using a $100 per ton cutoff grade. Uh, You know, generally speaking, uh, your sense of this updated resource estimate, are you happy with it? Was the market happy with it? What kind of feedback did you get? Well, the, the, uh, the, the market was flat and, uh, (laughs) on, which is shot, which is usually it's a good thing. Actually, I think we're down a penny. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's interesting what, uh, because you know we we honestly had to rip off the bandaid. We want to do an updated resource. Uh, you know the last one was 2011, and you want to have a current technical report and everything. But uh, you know, and it's an important thing for a lot of your listeners actually to know is that the new CIM guidelines might not be uh, overly friendly to a lot of mineral resources out there. Um, the, uh, there's much more rigorous parameters that need to go into establishing your cutoffs. And in the case of Niblack, if you did a straight apples to apples, same uh, uh, parameters as what would have been used back in 2011, there actually was a 2 million ton uh, global gain. And I know you're not supposed to add up resources, so uh, I, I, I retract that. Good job, by the way, Trevor. you you didn't add them together, um, <laughs> is, uh, is that, you know, we had to apply and other companies have to do the same where you need to have uh, um, current costs, particularly on your mining, um, mining costs uh, that you get from, um, from comparable type of operations. So in the case of, of Niblack, it's located in Alaska and it's a VMS deposit. And so you look at deposits like Green Creek, Greens Creek, um, for some guidance. But since Niblack's a wide ore body, we actually looked mostly at operations in Canada that were long haul operations, and and actually you know some cut and fill and in, in some narrower veins. So you know in the highest cost end, we'd look at the cost from say you know Alexco uh, to on the lowest cost end, actually the lowest cost. A long hole mining operation is uh, is a gold deposit, Young Davidson of Alamos. But you you know look at uh, it it 
uh, basically when you factor in GNA and also looking at processing costs, we doubled our cutoff from 50 to $100. So what uh, the effect of that was where we, we gained uh, indicated resources, we went from 5.6 million tonnes to, uh, uh, to um, 5.9. Uh, but on the inferred side, we actually we took a hit, and so uh, we uh, um, we lost about 1.8 million tons. So, uh, but that's um, you know we we want to be talking about realistic numbers, and particularly in the case where we are and we're starting to get a lot of traction on this um, vision that we have for hub and spoke uh, processing site at Kitsilt. And so that was some yeah. some other news that we chatted about with you or we're working with Dolly Varden. And actually, since that news came out, we're probably going to include two more uh, companies that we are all looking at working together on, on the processing side. So for that, we wanted to have a current mineral resource uh, that would... Um, we we we'd be able to use in that uh, joint hub and spoke study. But before we kind of get to that hub and spoke news, let me follow up and just some you know very basic questions for you. I think one of the challenges I had with this, and I think you just cleared it up with me, is your cutoff grade is operational cost because I typically when you're going after you know a precious metals factor or whatever your you know, base metal factor, you're using a grade cutoff, not a cost cut off is that is that where that that difference oh, is coming yes. in well it, it's because this is a polymetallic deposit right uh we use the 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 cost cut off it, it previously it's been uh or in other cases they use it as an nsr type model but oh. uh in, in the case of uh this because you know you, we do factor in metallurgical recoveries but uh, it is those costs is what particularly the regulators want want to see. So, you know, in, in addition to NIBLAC, if you look at, you know, some other recent uh, uh, resource updates, you might see some kind of unusual numbers, say if it's just a gold only uh, or say just a copper only, you might see, you know, usually we'd use like a three gram per ton gold cutoff or something you'll see like 3.84, some odd lot numbers that, you know, clearly would have included um, cost parameters under the CIM guideline of reasonable prospects of economic extraction. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see industry wide how, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of companies are going to deal with uh, with, uh, with with these new guidelines, some could take some pretty big hits. Well, in my opinion. Do, with these these guidelines, and it, it just seems, aren't you, aren't the waters being muddied here between a, a resource estimation and a PEA? Because you're putting a PEA is a, a snapshot of what the economics of a project would look like at this early stage where an estimate, a resource estimate, isn't necessarily that. But it, now they're asking you to put, if you got to create operational cost cutoff, aren't you putting economics on that into somewhat of a PEA form? I guess I'm just, it just seems like they're kind of getting muddled together here that was never intentionally meant to be. Uh, it, uh, you're you're right. In fact, it's causing um, a, a bit of drama within 
call it the independent QP community. Oh, um, like for for example, um, you know our QP uh, is you know forty year veteran of doing these type of resources, very well known, very well known with the exchanges. Um, part of some of these new guidelines, and in particular uh, enforcement from the the BCSC, where you know this individual is probably been to a hundred different mine sites around the world, he can no longer for resource estimates uh, rely on his own experience for uh, reviewing the prospects of metallurgical recovery. Now, most of us that are geologists, you know, we, we're, we're not metallurgists, we're not, you know, uh, processing engineers, but we can determine whether or not, you know, the, uh, the metallurgical studies that have been done to date are, say, adequate. Um, so some of these QPs would have to, resource QPs would have to retain uh, additional experts on sub- subject matter, uh, matter to sign off. So is, is it muddy in the water? It, it is. Now, I, I like where they're trying to go in terms of, you know, again, enforcing this reasonable prospects of economic recovery. And this was something we actually debated, Trevor. It was, it was interesting. The, the, uh, um, if you went, if you took that to a, a T, the lowest cost by far long hole mine uh, is um, is uh, Young Davidson, and if we had used those costs, it would have reduced. If you include GNA and uh, and processing, uh, sixty five dollars. So we would have had a much lower, or sorry, seventy five dollars. So we would have had quite a lower cutoff, and we could have included more tons. Yeah. But um, it's you don't necessarily want to use the absolute end members. You want again want to be reasonable. So I think it's you know anytime there are changes to forty three one one, you know a lot of us in the space are kind of you know um, uh, you know do, do, doing the best we can to uh, to to have the best disclosure possible. But it's often you know dealing also with mixed signals from the BCSC, which is actually quite different from the. Uh, some of the the enforcement that happens at either the Alberta Securities Commission or the OSC. Well, and co- yeah. costs are so variable, right? I mean, you're operating in Alaska. I mean, what if that project was across the border in BC? I mean, would your labor costs be different? Would your energy costs be different? I mean, it's just, and you know, even if even even those variables <laughs> or those inputs are variable year to year, right? Natural gas isn't is a lot cheaper this time than it was six months ago. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it's, I, 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 it's something that could really stand, let, let alone things such as inflation. Right. And so it, it could uh, really cause a lot of um, uh, uh, technical reports to become somewhat uh, out of date sooner than, which it maybe isn't a bad thing again, but it's, uh, uh, you know, like, I certainly don't mind it as long as they're consistent. You know, I've, I've seen some other resource estimates from other companies that have come out, you know, fairly recently where there's like zero chance that they've applied uh, uh, modern cutoff methods or, you know, mo- modern um, costs to that would influence what their cutoff would be. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. So, Wonderful. Yeah, and, uh, but in, in uh, you know, for certainly for our shareholders, um, uh, you know, they 
uh, can rest assured that we have a very robust, um, well thought out of thought out and modeled uh, resource estimate. And so, uh, and we'll be filing the technical report for it in a couple of weeks. And and uh, it's certainly the best thing about it is wide open for expansion. And I, I believe you know with with large drill programs that we'll be able to grow uh, Niblack significantly uh, once we're in a, a better copper market. All right, let's. We mentioned this hub and spoke idea and MOU that was signed a couple weeks ago. Actually, yeah, end of end of January. So Black Wolf, along with Dolly Varden Silver, who uh, we we spoke with at uh, VRIC, and New Molly, uh, you both have signed an, a memorandum of understanding, jointly study the viability of using New Molly's Kit Salt project as a potential site for a centralized polymetallic processing facility to accept mineralized material from all these companies. Uh, I guess if, if companies aren't going to merge and consolidate, this is, I guess, the one way to consolidate without actually forming one company. Uh, good, you know, but a good sign. It talks about the strength of relations, relationships in the jurisdiction. I mean, talk about what this, the outlook of this looks like here, Rob. Well, it's after the news came out, it was it was well respond. Uh, um, there, there was good response, and including from a couple other companies that will will likely partner with us. And you know, th- this is kind of new territory again. Hey, we've been talking about NI forty three one hundred one. It's uh, you know we we've done these studies internally. Um, however, this is, would be a new frontier in terms of if. At some stage, where you would we uh, these different companies would want to talk about the economics of it. Um, uh, it it's going to be something new in terms of how are we going to actually disclose because you can only have one technical report or one economic study per project. So we haven't crossed that bridge. We're just saying that hey, this working together makes way more sense in terms of saving on capex and saving on operating costs Mm -hmm. and so and certainly and working at a site that already has its mines act permits and uh there's uh active engagement with the local um uh, first nation in this case the nishka uh that i have uh, uh, excellent relations with that um uh would sooner see one mine and uh, or one mill and one tailings facility to support multiple mines in their jurisdiction uh, versus having several of them and actually a really good response from the provincial government as well too so um you know we're we um uh, we, we've been working on the studies uh we are quite pleased with the numbers that we've seen uh however it'll be interesting to actually how we can report these numbers to our shareholders we're, we're not sure how we can do that yet so again is this is this the best way to kind of consolidate projects without actually you know merging without a merger of equals you know it it, it could potentially be either that or it ends up being where you know you get if there's you know one diversified miner that's looking at doing something in this part of the world or one precious metal miner is that hey this could be um do, doing the that you know consolidation work or doing that that uh heavy lifting to uh at at the early stage since we have you know good relations with these various companies um then uh having them do it themselves so you know a potential exit for any of us is to to sell to uh to to a producer 
you know, you, the, this is the type of work that they want to see, looking at different ways to de-risk um, these projects. And in this case, since it's a permitted site, it's reducing the, um, potentially reducing uh, the permitting risk, uh, let alone de-risking it on an economic side. So um, the Kitzalt is, is a wonderful location that's on grid power. It's a brownfield site. Uh, there's uh, road access where you could potentially truck or from, uh, from, from other deposits in the Golden Triangle or the Pacific Northwest. And of course, it's located on tidewater, so you could barge or in from uh, projects like Niblack or further north in, in, um, in Alaska or even further south in, in British Columbia. Hmm. So, so uh, or, uh, expect some more news out potentially about working with other, uh, w- with other companies. I'm really excited about it. Great. Okay. Uh, Rob, that's very interesting news. We'll see this play out, obviously, uh, in the coming uh, months. Uh, you and I may be touching base in Toronto, uh, but if I do miss you, we'll touch base, you know, after uh, the PDAC shenanigans. But I appreciate your time and uh, congratulations on that updated mineral resource estimate at Niblack. We're going to see how these CIM uh, protocols for resources plays out it might catch a lot of people off guard it certainly caught me off guard at first but i appreciate you giving us the rundown and educating us a little bit about these changes that's really important you bet all right all right we'll see you in the center of the universe all right that's your update from black wolf copper and gold again trading on the venture exchange with bwcg and on the otc with bwcgf the information presented should not be considered investment advice Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.